the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast, news and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. We're going to chat with Doug Ottawill here in just a second. He's got an interesting article up on milehighsports.com. Are the Broncos better than we think? Are they who we thought they were after one game, or maybe they're a little bit better? We will discuss that today on the podcast. As always, you can check out previous archives of the podcast at milehighsports.com and the podcast presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Now, uh, Doug, I want to bring you in because this column is a uh, interesting one. Uh, you lay out a lot of what happened, obviously, in the game between some of the small mistakes, but uh, you make the case that the Broncos Maybe a little bit better than we all thought. Uh, maybe the sky isn't exactly falling here in Denver. No, I, I mean, I think, you know, you'd like to have a win there for sure. And I think for a team like the Broncos in a division like the AFC West, every every win or loss is big. But, I mean, and everybody's going to key this all week about timeout and whether or not you should have used it and how much time you could have given Drew Locke. But, at the end of the day, I mean, I thought there were far more positives than there were negatives in this game. and um, I think that this team, to me, looked like a team that's young and a team that didn't have any chance to play together at all before the season started. And I don't think you can really blame them, but what I saw a lot of was, was upside and, th- and things to be excited about. When it comes to those exciting things, I think immediately one of the, the things that comes to my mind, obviously, and probably most people's mind, is I think yesterday was just another validation that Drew Locke seems like the guy. Absolutely. I mean, the guy makes plays, and I know that you can look at his stat line and it's not all that flashy. His quarterback rating is, is pretty good, not great, but he didn't throw an interception. Um but the thing that I, I just – I think this, this requires some perspective and some, some history when you're t- thinking about the Broncos. But if you look back at some of the best Broncos quarterbacks, they're all guys that, that refuse to give up on a play and that have the ability to make plays with their feet and mm-hmm. their arm. I mean, you think back to Jake Plummer, um, John Elway, obviously, in a, in a class of his own. Peyton Manning, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a playmaker – as far as the guy that, you know, wows you with athleticism, but he always knew how to make a play at the line of scrimmage. He could he could find a play that would work. Um, Drew Locke strikes me as that guy. He's not going to just go through his check downs and if everything looks bad, he's just gonna gonna eat it, a la Joe Flacco or Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are guys that are game managers that are um, you know, built to not lose. Drew Locke's a guy that's built to win. And I and I do believe if he had more time left on the clock, he could have taken the team down. I, it's a shame we didn't get to see it, 
but the fact that I think that I think was encouraging. To me. You know, you know, Drew Locke had a lot of great plays. Obviously, the touchdown pass to Fant and um, some of the scrambling. You know, I, I really liked. I actually found one of his most impressive plays to be when uh, there was a botched snap and they were going into their red zone, um, uh, into the red zone, and there was a botched snap and any other quarterback just takes that football and uh, goes into complete panic mode, falls on it, ends ends the play. And very calmly, Drew Locke just simply locates the ball, picks it up, and ends up scrambling, I think, for about a two, three-yard gain. And, and I think those are kind of those little – nuanced differences that that uh you know you really talk about a lot is you know the the difference between what we've seen in the past obviously and what we are seeing from drew lock today uh, but regardless the broncos lose the football game and it was quite sloppy towards the end with not only time management in those final two drives but obviously the timeouts uh was it correct for vic fangio and in, in how he handled this uh what would you have liked to see done better I mean, I don't think there's any way you can say that he handled it properly. I mean, I, I understand, and, and, and you and I were on the same, uh, you know, post-game Zoom call, and he, he explained why. And that explanation partially made sense. I mean, they did run out of bounds on a play. Uh, there was an incompletion. And, yeah, they they might have they might have liked to see the ball get put on <laughs> in, in the – a chance to win or lose on the foot of the kicker because he's been so bad. I mean, Gowski yeah. was terrible. So I understand the logic, but I think in retrospect, there's just there's no way you can go back and justify letting the clock tick when the odds in any NFL game in any season, and I don't even care if your punter's the place kicker in that situation, the odds are you're going to go down in that situation. You're going to... You're going to give up points, whether it's a touchdown or, or a field goal. So I, I think he mishandled it. I think the uh, excuses, I guess, for lack of a better term, for why he didn't seem to be sort of handy in retrospect, I just I, – I don't know. It, it seems to me that when every broadcaster and every single person on Twitter in the world is saying, why aren't you using your timeouts? I kind of lean towards the wisdom of crowds. Um, I, I guess if, if something would have worked out, if they'd have missed the kick, something like that, then Banjo might have looked smart. But still, I mean, you got a quarterback who's a gamer. Leave him with some time. I mean, but you know that that's one of those things where I don't necessarily look at this football team and say, "Nah, they're not going anywhere." Uh, I might look at Vic Fangio and say, "Man." you got to have a better plan for clock management, which has never been his strength. But I, in general, I still look at it and say, hey, look, they're playing a team that was, you know, minutes, literally minutes from being a Super Bowl team last year, and they had them on the ropes and really should have won the game. Yeah, Drew Locke talked about this post game. He, you know, the Broncos beat themselves. Um, the the one thing I think maybe that concerns me about Fangio more more than anything, and you know, the timeouts and the botched uh, time management in the two final drives leading up to that as well. Those were obviously bad, but I I have to say, you know, for for a for a head coach that all he did was what was the mantra going in? He was preaching about death by inches. 
this is a team that looked very young and inexperienced, as they are. Uh, saw drop passes, saw uh, time mismanagement, timeout mismanagement. Uh, I really did not like leaving points on the board in the first half. You know, I, I thought there were a lot of little things there that Denver could have done better. And I, I guess it does make me uh, maybe a cause for concern, maybe the best way. I mean, look, I, I, I you look at my timeline on Twitter and, and people want to blow everything up and, and, you know, Drew Locke's a bust and Vic Fangio should be fired and all this overreaction. It's all kind of nonsense, but certainly I think there's a lot of cause for concern there. Um, in the event where I, I just want to throw out this uh, theoretical before we talk a little betting, um, if Cortland Sutton or Von Miller plays that game yesterday, do the Broncos win? I think that they win if Cortland Sutton plays. Um, I think their red zone offense looks a lot different. I think if you have Cortland Sutton, you don't try trickery inside the two-yard line. Um, I think that would have been a bigger factor than Von Miller. I mean, I, as far as, you know, would Von Miller have gotten a sack? Could he have gotten a strip sack? Yeah, he could have, but, you know, I, I definitely think that the defense played pretty well. I mean, you know, you look at Derrick Henry's stat line, and, and he had 100, you know, over 100 yards, but it, but he had to work for those. And yeah. they, their game plan was affected by the way the Broncos' interior run defense played. I mean, they played a very good game. I mean, this didn't, don't necessarily tell the story. Um, I, I thought the secondary played a good game. I thought – Hand played well. I thought Kareem Jackson was excellent. Um, I thought Ojemudier played really, really well for for his first game ever in the NFL. Um, so I, I think you know, getting back to your original question, would they have won with either one of those? Uh, I, I would say yes. Both players would have absolutely helped. I definitely think though, Cortland Sutton in the red zone uh, eliminates or opens up everything you can do. Um, especially for Drew Locke. I mean, I'm with you because I think earlier you said you leave points on the board. I take the field goal there in the first half, um, but at the very least, I don't call a play that is not a bread and butter, give yourself every chance to score kind Mm -hmm. of play, and I don't think a tight end interior shovel passes is that kind of play. Put the ball in Drew Locke's hands, let him decide – run or pass, you know, let one of your, your playmakers, Noah Fant or Melvin Gordon or somebody that that can can make something happen, score, as opposed to, you know, like I said, a trick play, basically. Yeah, I say this every single week. Uh, I'm going to say about the Broncos offensive coordinator. I'm going to say about the rest of the NFL offensive coordinators. I don't understand the cutesy play calls when they get to the goal line. I, it happens every single week in the NFL in, in seemingly every game. I, I just don't understand why you go away from what works. You, you start throwing fade passes or end around, shovel pass. Man, just run it up the gut and trust your offensive lineman is how I look at it. But uh, they have forgotten more football than I will ever learn. Uh, so they are. Well, you, that's why they're getting paid the big bucks. You make a great point, though, and look at what Tennessee does. I mean, Tennessee says we're going to give it to Derrick Henry, and, and if you stop it, we're going to fake like we're going to give it to him and run something to one of our playmakers, but it's always off a of play action. And, mm-hmm. and I think their touchdowns demonstrated that because the Broncos were so 
teed up to stop Henry inside the red zone, and they did. But knowing that, the the Titans ran, you know, something that was a little more basic. It was just off of play action, and, and the Broncos didn't. And I think that's, that was the difference in the game in, in a lot of ways. Doug Ottawill joining us on the program. Of course, Doug, it was nice to see the Broncos just out on the field in general. But, of course, we've been talking about it a lot on the podcast, and that is betting. And our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, it was nice to see the teams back out on the gridiron this weekend. And, well, of course, there's well 16 more weeks of this deal, so no better place than to get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. So here's the deal. To add the excitement of Week 2, Already looking forward to week two. Week one doesn't exist anymore. Okay, week two. Looking forward. DraftKings Sportsbook bringing back the can't-miss offer that you got to check out. This is an absolute no-brainer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss. All new users get the chance to turn $1 into $100, and you can bet on any team. That's right. You place $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you cash in a cool Benjamin. How can you pass that up? Seriously, if you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now, scout the latest offers, bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go in the palm of your hand, safe, secure, reliable. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use a promo code MHS. That's promo code MHS when you sign up for the can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and you could win $100 if they win, that's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code MHS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older and in Colorado. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Doug, on my Twitter account at Ronnie K Radio, I threw out a poll question. Uh, does Denver win last night if Von Miller or Cortland Sutton play? Number one answer, yes, 60 2%. In fact, number two answer is a confident yes with 21% of the vote. That means do the math, carry the one. 84% of Bronco fans believe that if Cortland Sutton or Von Miller play, they do win that game. I want to focus the attention onto the offense and focus some attention to a guy that we didn't give any attention to yesterday. We did not hear Garrett Bowles' name or number called once last night are you shocked impressed uh what do you make of this you know i I was impressed with with not just garrett bulls the offensive line in general i mean if if memory serves and i don't have the stats in front of me but i believe drew lock really only took one good shot and that was at the end of the game um elijah wilkinson let a guy kind of get by him but Locke still got the ball off he just got he just got hit and by the way drew Locke um, never officially sacked in the game never no and, and the, the penalties were were very minimal um obviously never heard holding number 72 it just the the offensive line was something that was was a non-factor you, you didn't hear anything about the offensive line last night the only time that I can even recall the broadcast crew saying anything was on the Melvin Gordon touchdown, and they they sort of slowed it down and broke down the play and, and showed how how well the you know the the play was drawn up and Dalton Reisner pulling. I mean, it was just that unit played a very very good game, and not just on a touchdown, but you think about Drew Lock not getting sacked, you think of you know Melvin Gordon 
was very efficient. I think it was 5.2, 5.3 yards of carry, something like that. Um, their running game was good. Um, I thought Drew Locke, the, the, the plays, I think you have to give a lot of credit to not just Mike Munchak, but to Pat Shermer as well, because getting Drew Locke out in space, getting him on the move, keeps everybody honest. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it takes a little heat off of that offensive line. So, I thought just in general, whether you're talking about individual play of the guys on the line, um, you know, I, I thought Cushenberry played very, very well for that being his first NFL start. You didn't notice anything about him that was negative. Um, but I think the, the, the line play paired with the play calling um, was really good. And that's, a, that's another reason, going back to – kind of the original premise i think there's way more about this team to be excited about than there is to be down on this floor maybe one of the players that uh, you might be real excited about would be noah fant five catches 81 yards and a touchdown that was all in the first half and then he disappeared um what do you attribute that to because vic fangio basically said well we got no offensive flow because we had a bunch of three and outs yeah, and that, that's one of those ones that you hate, to, you hate to sound like a coach, but it's almost like you'd like to, to go back and watch the tape because I don't know if Tennessee did a great job of suddenly taking him away or if Pat Shermer went away from his tight end. I think it was probably a combination of both. I mean, I don't think that you know most defensive coordinators in the NFL can get torched like Tennessee did in the first half and not make a halftime adjustment, I'm sure that they did in terms of how they were covering fans. But I also think that when that's the case, that's when your offensive coordinator has to figure out a way to get a playmaker the ball. Um, and, and maybe that falls on Drew Locke a little bit too. You know, he might have fallen in love with Jerry Judy a little bit in the second half. I mean, but, you know, I think no fan was – Noah Fant was awesome in the first half. I mean, he was he was George Kittle esque. I mean, mm-hmm. he was Travis Kelsey esque. I mean, he was he was on that level in the first half. So, yeah, and and that's the difference. I I don't think that you know if you're watching a 49ers game or a Chiefs game that either one of those guys get you know completely shut out in the second half when they have a first half like Fant did. I think they figure out more and better ways to get him the ball. Doug, as uh, we step back and look at this uh, entire product of the game, and now we look forward towards week two, uh, you might have answered this in the column, but uh, I'll let you uh, speak on it and have the final word. Do you feel better, worse, or about the same, what you would expect uh, about this Broncos team heading into week two? I feel feel better. I mean, I I thought that they looked – like they're capable of doing all the things that they're supposed to do. And when I say that, I mean, the, the team obviously comes into the season with a lot of excitement. Um, a lot of people are excited about Drew Locke. I think, you know, you look at the added weapons on offense, there's a, there's a lot of excitement about this team. And, and one of the things that I took from last night was that all the things people are excited about are justified. Um, the biggest concern I have really with this team is, is the depth and, and injuries. I mean, if you already down A.J. Bouye and Cortland Sutton's already dinged up and Philip Lindsay might be out, you know, that's the biggest concern to me and the only reason that you go into Sunday's game against the Steelers with a little trepidation is 
you know, do they have the horses? I mean, it's just, it's, it's too bad that that's the way, but you know, and, and there's a whole nother issue of, will they have cap space and why aren't, why aren't there guys behind guys now uh, with money on the book still? But at the same time, you can spend money all you want, but I don't think you can replace Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, your starting quarterback in, in AJ Bouye. Like you just, you know, it, it's one thing to have money to spend, but it's another to find a guy that can replace the guy. And I think that that's my biggest concern going into week two is is how healthy they'll be. Um, but I, I think that they, they look like a team that for everything that you were worried about or everything you were excited about, Monday kind of answered those questions, that, that, that they do have the ability to do the things that people wanted to see. Um, they do have the players that can make plays. Um, I, I just I, I thought it was a game that it was a strange game and that the score was really low. Um, and the score obviously wasn't the way the Broncos would have liked it to be. But I, it, it felt to me like a game that they easily could have won, you know, 24-14. Um, but uh, the, they have to prove that. I mean, that's part of being a young team. But I, I do think that, you know, going – um, into a game against Pittsburgh, you know, home field doesn't matter. I think it's a matter of X and nose. So I don't think you, you know, you don't get any of the, the, the pomp and circumstance around Roethlisberger's comeback and all that. I just think it's team against team. And I, I honestly am I'm looking forward to see how this team bounces back after a loss like that. Cause in, in theory, the Titans were a much better team than the Steelers last year. Mm. And I know Roethlisberger's back, but um, I, I think this Broncos team is, is still good. I still believe in them. All right, Doug. Well, we appreciate the time as always. Of course, the new Mile High Sports magazine is out. Drew Locks on the cover. We've got your column up on MileHighSports.com. So a lot of great things that uh, people can check out. And uh, tell us a little bit more about the magazine as we uh, get out of here. Well, it's always tricky. Um, you know, to do a Broncos preview when there's no preseason games and you basically have a, about a two-day window to be, you know, right on everything in terms of injuries and potential starters and things like that. So uh, we always try to get a little bit broader view. I mean, we talk to all the guys at the station, um, some of our experts in-house in terms of what they like and what they don't like about the Broncos. But um, I, I think there's a really good story by uh, – Zach Seegers on uh, on the Broncos defense, especially the secondary, um, and then obviously the, the feature on Drew Locke, I think is it is is kind of what we've been talking about. It's, it's reason to be excited. Whether this team, you know, wins the Super Bowl or not this year, I think is not the point. The point is you've found your guy, and let's see how his story begins. And I, I think that's fun. That, that's a fun thing for any fan. And I don't think you have to win the Super Bowl to make it a, an exciting season. All righty, Doug, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you again, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, all right? All right, Ronnie. Thanks, man. All right. Doug Ottawell, we appreciate you, buddy, uh, joining us on the program. And, of course, uh, you will hear from him as well as, well, the man he mentions, Zach Seegers, myself, all season long. You can check that out, of course, 
on uh, milehighsports.com. Previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook at milehighsports.com. As we wrap up this podcast, some good conversation. We appreciate Doug's time. Again, you can follow on Twitter at Ron and K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio. Or uh, if you want to email me, long form, send in all your venting emails. Ronnie, the letter K, at milehighsports.com. That's Ronnie, the letter K, at milehighsports.com. If you like the podcast, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, give us five stars on many different locations that you can find this podcast at Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, milehighsports.com. Again, milehighsports.com. Later, to y'all. listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.